Good afternoon, everybody, uneducated economist here. So I was going to make this video tomorrow, but I have a few minutes right now, and so I thought I'd, I'd make the video. Um, really, this is a continuation of the video that I had put out earlier today in Debt to Death, I believe is what I titled that. It was talking about the Cantillon effect, and I was reading from the Cantillon essay, Cantillon essay on economic theory. Uh, excellent, excellent um uh, book. If you haven't had a chance to read this essay, this is a really good piece, and I'll leave a link down in the description for you guys. This essay was written back in the 1700s by a French economist, and he was one of the first people to ever write an essay or write down like some of the economic forces that he was seeing taking place. And if you go and you study this essay, you will find a lot of these economic forces are still at play today. Um, one of the parts that we were talking about was the domestic manufacturing and what ends up happening when you're producing a lot of stuff and you're sending that stuff out to the world, the world is sending you their money. When they send you their money, what you end up doing is you're increasing your standard of living with this new money. When you start increasing your standard of living, it starts increasing the prices of everything. As the new money is now flowing through the system, the people who have access to this money are starting to increase their consumption and then demand for, for this stuff starts to increase and the prices go along with it. As this demand increases when the prices go with it, the foreign production starts to increase as far as importing into that into that particular state. We were referring to the United States. So here in the United States during like the 50s and 60s, we were a great manufacturing powerhouse. We were producing stuff, sending it out to the world. The world was sending us their money. As we were getting this new money and we were enjoying this higher standard of living, we started increasing ever amounts of foreign production into our economy. As that happened, we were driving out the domestic manufacturing. So this move into luxuries was really the problem as we were increasing our standard of living. And once that standard of living started to increase, you don't back away from it. It's not like you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to enjoy the standard of living. You always want the better, the more, the newer, and everything else that goes with it. And so as the United States was losing their manufacturing capabilities, <clears throat> And it wasn't necessarily capabilities, but their distribution out to the world. What they ended up doing to get the new money in is they started selling off a lot of debt. <clears throat> and that's really where we're at today is that the United States gets the new, the new money coming in by the issuance of debt. And instead of manufacturing and selling stuff off to the world, we pretty much import everything. And this is really the case of being pretty fragile for the United States as the moment that the new money turns off at, from the lack of people either people buying our debt or refusing to accept our money, one way or the other, the United States will, will fall into poverty because we're not a manufacturer anymore and the new money would no longer be pouring in. All right, so that was kind of a quick overview. You should, I'll leave a link down in the description to the previous video. We go into a little bit more depth than that. But this is what Cantillon goes on to say about diving into luxuries, okay? When the state has arrived at its highest point of wealth, I always assume that comparatively, wealth of a state consists mainly in their respective quantities of money. It will inevitably fall back into poverty by the ordinary course of things. The too great, the too great of abundance of money, which gives power to states so long as it lasts, throws them back imperceptibly, but naturally into poverty. This, thus, it would seem that when a state expands by trade and abundance of money, and the, and the abundance of money rises or raises the price of land and labor, the prince or legislator ought to withdraw money from circulation, <clears throat> keep it for emergencies, and try to slow down the circulation by every means, except compulsion and bad faith. <clears throat> 
to prevent its goods from becoming too expensive and avoid the drawbacks of luxury. So what they are saying right there is that no it's like basically when the state has arrived at its highest point of wealth, and I and he's saying I always assume that comparatively wealth the state consists mainly in their respective quantities of money, it will inevitably fall inevitably <laughs> fall back into poverty by the ordinary course of things, right? So he's saying like once the money has increased, right, and you get this big abundance of money in there and it reaches its peak, the only place it can go is back into poverty, right? That's just where it's gonna head to. So, um, he says in here, thus it would seem the state, um, that when a state expands by the trade and the abundance of money raises the price of land and labor, the prince or legislator, right? So our government ought to withdraw money from circulation, ought to withdraw it, right? To try and keep the, keep it for emergencies and try and slow the circulation by every means, except compulsion and bad faith to prevent the goods from becoming too expensive and avoid the drawbacks of luxury. So now we have already gone past the point that you can't bring like the domestic manufacturing back. Like we all would have to feel some economic pain in order to get the manufacturers back here in the United States again. What they're trying to do is just slow down our consumption, but it's not going to actually balance the trade again. Okay. And that's really where the problem starts to exist here in the United States. As far as I'm concerned, what Cantillon is saying here is that it's already too late. Now, let me continue on because this is a good chapter right here. However, it is not easy to perceive the opportune time for this or to know when money has become more abundant than it ought to be for the goods or for the good and preservation of the advantages of the state. See, right there, they don't know when there's too much money in the state, and they don't know when to deal with that. Like, they just assume that everything is going to be awesome forever, right? He goes on to talk about it. Therefore, princes and heads of republics do not concern themselves much with this sort of knowledge and strive only to make use of the abundance of their state revenue to extend their power and insulate other countries on the most frivolous pretexts. Or not insulate, insult other countries on the most uh, frivolous of pretexts, right? So right there, he is basically saying they don't understand. And what they're going to do with the abundance of money is they're going to expand their power and like make everybody feel happy about, you know, whatever it is that's going on and then insult other people with it, right? Okay. All things considering, or all things considered, working to perpetuate the glory of their reign and administration and leaving monuments of their power and wealth and perhaps the best they can do and, and perhaps the best they can do because according to the natural course of humanity the state must collapse on its own the only ex they they only accelerate its fall a little Right. See, that's another reason why I don't really get into the whole politics of things. He's saying right here, all things considered, working to perpetuate the glory of their reign and administration and to leaving monuments of their power and wealth is perhaps the best that they can do. Right. That's it. They're not doing anything for you. Right. Because according to the natural course of humanity, the state must collapse on its own. They only accelerate its fall a little. Right? It's not their fault. It's just the natural course of economics. Okay. Nevertheless, it seems that they should try to make their power last during their time of their own administration. Okay, moving on. Few years are needed to raise abundance to the highest point in the state. However, still fewer are needed to bring it back or bring it 
to poverty for lack of commerce and manufacturing, right? If we aren't manufacturing or we're not importing, we don't have commerce here. Think about that, okay? Without speaking of rise and fall of the Venice Republic Hen Hensetic cities, uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, guys, Flanders and Barban, I don't know these names, Barban and the Dutch Republic, who have succeeded each other in profitable branches of trade, one may say France's power has only been on the rise from 1646 when factories were established to produce clothing which had previously been imported, to 1684 when the number of Protestants, uh, Pro Pro Protestant entrepreneurs and artisans were driven out of France. The kingdom has done nothing but recede since, that, since the last date. So once they got rid of the manufacturing, that was it. It was over. They chased them out and it was, all, and it was gone. Right? So think about that here in the United States. Right? If we don't have stuff being imported, we don't have commerce. Right? If we don't have people buying our debt, then we don't have new money coming into the system. Right? If those two things turn off, we're all falling into poverty. That's, it's a scary situation to think about. Like People say, let's fix the debt. I don't think so. I don't think you want to fix the debt. You want to bring manufacturing back to the United States? Good luck. You know how to do it? You're all going to have to fall into poverty first to make it to make it worthy. We're coming to the end. I mean, I don't know how much longer it can last. I mean, can they, can they push it 50 years, 100 years, 10 years, 2 years? Who knows, right? But listen to Cantillon talk about this stuff from 1700s, right? This isn't, this isn't new, right? This is old stuff. But they don't teach it to you because if you knew... It would all be over, right? We would have never. It would have. It would have collapsed by now. The secret is the way they're able to keep it going. All right, I gotta go. Uneducated economist. You guys, let me know.